let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Herpinions and um, a slightly different show for us this week. Well, firstly, no guests. No guests. Just us. In uh, one of our studios. Yes, we have many studios <laughs> we, we, we now have. I feel um, like the littlest hobo at times. Yeah, yeah just, just wherever, wherever <laughs> will take us to, to do the recording. But yeah, uh, we're, we're um, focusing on our, our beery catch-ups. Yeah, because um, obviously we had uh, a couple of weeks off of recording. Yes, half-term when, yeah. when I was away. But. Yeah, because we recorded the, all of the Birmingham content in one go. And, and then we put it out why we were having a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, so, so firstly, probably what I want to do is, is just put out an apology for the audio qualities on, on, on the two Birmingham shows because um, it, it wasn't up to our normal standard. Yeah, I mean, we, we were obviously very dis- disappointed with how it came out. I mean, a lot of effort got into hoping to get do the opposite, to be yeah. honest. Um, so it's just unfortunate. I mean, again, we know now for next time we we would do it differently anyway. But I, I mean, I hope everyone got something out of it still. Well, yeah. I mean, that was that was in the end. I mean, it, it took us a while to decide what we were going to do, and, and and we took a lot of we, we took some comments from our, our listener panel that we have as well. And in the end, we decided that content really trumped quality. And, yeah, and, and, and we put it out. It's definitely how I felt as yeah. well, and I felt there was. There was enough good content in there that if people could get past the quality of the audio, the quality of the content would, would trump it. Um, yeah, you may have to choose where you listen to it. It's definitely not one for the car. No. It's definitely one for a quiet room <laughs> with headphones. Yeah. Preferably noise-cancelling ones. Preferably in a room that maybe like a sensory chamber or something where you can... Eyes closed. Yes, yeah. Um, but but yeah, so that was that that was the last time we actually recorded, with the exception of last week. Yeah. But then we had we had a guest on last week, yeah. so we, we kind of had to factor that so in. So effectively, our beery catch up almost goes back to after the first Essex the Essex Bottle Show in October. Yeah, it's, it's about a four week catch up yeah. that, that, that we're on. So we thought we'd give a, a whole show over to just um, catching up on on what we've been up to. And also in that time, they have, we, we have put out a few polls that we've not spoken about, yep. so we are just going to do a bit of a round-up of those, and also a bit of a round-up of quite a lot of comments that we've had um, in terms of the bitter and lingerness as well. Yep. So um, that's a lot of content to get through. It's a good job we've got a lot of beer to we get through. We have got a lot of beer, so, so what have we got up first, Steve? To who, who from? Okay, so, so really, really grateful, um, actually, because um, one of our listeners got in touch um, and said that he worked for um, Grain Brewery and, and would we be interested in some of their beers in cans. Um, so I said, yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of any Grain beers that I've tried. I, I, I really enjoy them. I think they're really well-made beers. So um, he arranged to, to get us some of those down. And then he got back in touch and said, oh, the guys from Ampersand have, have, have heard that you've spoken about them on the show. And um, they're keen to send some beers down as well. So what we ended up with was a, was a little kind of care package from Norfolk. It's, really. bit, it's almost like a Norfolk showcase. It, it is, yeah. So we've got, we've got four beers from Ampersand uh, and two from Grain. Uh, and I just want to thank um, at Ra- Ra- Raoul Optimus. 
um, who, who is a listener to the show uh, for making this happen as well and he bought the beers down as well and, and, and delivered them oh to, thank to you very much well. so um, we are going to get stuff into so yeah. we've got six to get through so the uh, if I let, let's have a look at the first one it's called Umlaut well that's how it looks uh, um, that's what I'm going for um, Galaxy Dry Hopped Cone Style Beer so Cold Style okay cool cheers cheers that's delicious it is that galaxy really yeah i mean you know if uh, for regular listeners they'll know that i go to clone on a fairly semi-regular basis to be honest we've probably been out there and while cold for me is a very easy drink it does start to get a bit dull after a period of time this galaxy dry hopping is definitely taking the dullness off this one for me it's, it's, it's a very soft mouthfeel, yeah. isn't it? It's, well, it's very lively. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it was very well carbonated. Massively so. But then, as I say, in the mouth, that's just a little bit softer. It, it finishes, it's got almost a smooth feel to it, and it yeah. finishes really smooth as well. Yeah, there's no real rough edges to it at all, which you don't get with Kolsch, but what you get with Kolsch is that it's very hard to differentiate between you know, the really rubbish ones and the best ones. You, you can pick it out, but it's hard at times because there isn't that much between them. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's nice. It's a good start. It is, it is a good start. So um, just a little bit about Ampersand be, before we get into the, the rest of this beer in the show. Um, so small brewery based in South North, Norfolk um, who are brewing seasonal beers, um, the best, best showcase the ingredients and the skills as a modern progressive brewery. It's a father and son team of Adrian and Andy Hipwell and they're in a small converted barn on the family farm. So it's a bespoke, bespoke brewery kit, uh, which has been set up to produce high quality small batch beer. Their philosophy is simple. They produce the beer that they want to drink to the best possible standard. And by doing this, we hope the beer speaks for itself and that you enjoy it as much as we do. So, okay, well, I mean, slightly different for a Kolsch as well, because it's, uh, so you've got unfined, unfiltered and bottled conditions. Which I found um, by pouring too much into one of the glasses, i.e. mine. <laughs> I've got a few bits floating around in my. So the bit which says leave the yeast sediment inside the bottle hasn't quite. Well, I didn't read it. You didn't read it, did you? No, no you, just, you did man stuff. Just don't just, read the instructions. No, just open it and get it in the glass <laughs> and, and, and taste it. But no, I mean it's it's a really tasty beer. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good start. Again, we often we often talk about enjoying beer in a particular setting. That's an absolute summer drinker, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, cold, Few, yeah, cold, cold. so much a summer just, drink. Just knock them back. Yeah, and like I said, with that, the Galaxy just does add something to it for me. Mm. So 5% as, as well? Sessionable. Very sessionable. Very sessionable indeed. I'd be, I'd be interested to know if I could, if I get hold of some more of these, uh, what my brothers would think of it, being both big, big cold drinkers. Yeah. Well, like you say, you're the... Resident expert on the resident on, expert on, on, on that style, yeah. Out, out of the two of us, <laughs> you, you've drunk you've plenty more of it than I, I have. Definitely have. It's been about four weeks since we've had a bit of a catch up. Uh, in that time, we collectively have drunk quite a bit of beer between us, haven't we? Yeah, we'd say quite. We've drunk a lot of beer, we've drunk between a lot us. of beer between us, haven't we? Um, well, I think, I think, I think the best thing to do is sort of some sort of order because both of us have touches of OCD, okay. Um, now. You went to Stone. I did go to Stone. You um, went and did the like the ultimate day trip. Pretty you? much, yeah. So you know, talk, so the day trip. So what time did you start out from home? 
Um, so I I got up at half past three, left home at half And this past is on a Tuesday four. morning? This was Tuesday morning. After we'd finished recording at about quarter to ten the night before. And the night before was the night where I think we did the vocation beers, of which there were at least two... Eight percent plus. ...double yeah. beers in, in there, yeah. Um, so yeah, got up at four o'clock, um, feeling... Yeah, I was all right. Could have felt better. But I was okay. Um, That's the excitement. It's like Christmas morning. Yes, yeah. Went to went to Stansted. I think we were on the first uh, flight to Berlin out of Stansted, which left at half six. Um, left on time. Landed in Berlin. So uh, I got to Berlin about half nine local. Uh, yeah, it was no. The flight only took about an hour and a half. Oh, was it? Okay. It was, it was quicker than advertised because um, I remember that being. But in both directions, actually, the flight was only about an hour and a half. That's all right. So not not bad at all. Um, through passport control, managed to work out that we needed to get a bus. Um, managed to buy bus tickets and then then got on the bus and headed towards Berlin city centre. Um, changing buses halfway to, to take us in our desired direction. Um, eventually making it to Stone by about 10 to 12 which was 10 minutes before it opened sounds like perfect timing it was it was absolutely perfect the doors were already open so we popped our head in and they were quite happy to start serving us uh, even at, better at, at that point yeah so we were you know we were obviously winning from the minute that we got there ok so first thing I'm going to dive in because obviously as I've mentioned once only once but I've been <laughs> what was your first once you went through those doors I was actually blown away by the size of the place. Yeah. That that was the, that's that's the thing that gets you first of all. Um, all I can describe it as is is like an aircraft hangar. It's it's I think it's an old warehouse, but it's is it bigger than that. Old gas works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's enormous, isn't it? It's it's huge, and you what what you see is only two thirds of it as well, because the other third is the actual functioning brewery. Yeah, which you can see through the, through the back of the glass, yeah, can't you? Yeah, I, I cannot, I literally cannot describe the size of the place no. because you walk in and, and predominantly, I suppose the first thing it's selling itself on is being a bit of a, a dining destination. Yep, oh, definitely. The main area. It's, and it's got it's quite an eclectic different spots, hasn't it? Yes. So tables yeah. and chairs, bits at the bar, then you've got bits which almost feel like private areas. Then you've got raised areas. Yeah, there's like a mezzanine level yeah. and, and everything. And then off to the side, you've got so, so you've got your main bar, which is which is kind of under the mezzanine level, with its seventy-five taps, and and that that number just in itself is just like blows you away. Yeah. But then off to the side, you've got like a, like a smaller bar, yeah, which cool. is which is more like a bar, yeah. So it's it's less like comfy chairs, raised bar stalls, all that sort of thing. It's it's very much a loud music. It's very much a bar area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just literally breathtaking. It is the, the sheer the size. The size of the place. It's huge. It's it's absolutely huge. Oh yeah, I mean I, that's why I wanted to. That's why I jumped in there because I just remember that feeling, and I, and I don't think that feeling ever left me all day. No, it, it, it definitely, I, I don't think it left me either because I, obviously we were there on a, on, on a Tuesday, so, you know, Tuesday afternoon in October, um, there was a bit of a passing lunch trade, but largely Clayton and I had the place to ourselves, 
and until about four or five o'clock when some people started um, turning up at your in. turning up at your bar. Well, I was most disappointed when Logan Plant turned up from Beaver <laughs> as well. So well, he turned up to see you anyway, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And if not, if people haven't listened to the pod blast that Steve did, it's well worth a listen. Really, really did enjoy that. Yeah, it was really good. And you know, also you know, Low, Logan's uh, passion for what they do at Beaver Town definitely shone yeah. through as well, and what they want to do. Yeah, I was, I was, and I was really grateful to to Logan for giving up some of his time as well because he was there as as part of an event that Stone had been running called Cantoberfest, which was all about celebrating canned beers from from around the world. So it, it was great that they were um, the Beaver Town were actually invited over to be part of that as as well. So oh, a great showcase for them, and yeah, that, I mean, again, that in itself sounded like a good good yeah. little number. Yeah, yeah no, it's well, well worth listening if you haven't got around to doing it. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and just just while we're talking about, I did do a little bit of work while I was there. So we do have a um, we've got an interview with the master brewer from Stone Berlin as well, Thomas Thomas Terrell, who's um, again really passionate about what what he does, and, and that will be making its way to, to to the airwaves. I think we're going to put that out in January okay. when, when we're having a bit of bro- a break. So he cool. he gave us some time as well. Oh, look forward to so that. Sit down and spoke, spoke to us about things. Okay, so once you've got over the sheer you know size of everything, yeah. the way it's all laid out, I think you were there for quite. A, it was quite a bright autumn day as well, wasn't it? It was a beautiful lot day. Of blue it sky. was. It was uh, blue sky, not a cloud in the sky. The sun was out all day long. It was lovely. Uh, that just photogenic yeah yeah um so beers beers um we managed i think it was about 15 on on the day it's a good show it's a very good show in that <laughs> it was yeah and but do you look at that list it's like where yeah we almost didn't know where to go with, with, with some of it so at, at some point we knew we had to drink the iconic Stone IPA. Yes. And we had also highlighted that we definitely wanted to do Ruination as well, and to also try and hit the Russian Impy Stout and Barley Wine that, that they had on as, as well. But my, my beer list literally reads, um, so I started off with Stone Ripper, which is a, um, a, it's an American Pale Ale, which they've just started brewing in, in Berlin. So it's, it's a fairly new beer. And they've just started putting it into cans as well. But it's a West Coast Pale Ale. And it, it, it does everything it, it says on the tin. It was the perfect beer to, to start with. So that gives you your base to start browsing the list in a bit more detail, doesn't it? Bas- basically, yeah. So we, we hit a lot of the... Um, because they do a, a pilot series of beers that are just brewed, obviously, at Stone Berlin. So we, we tried to do a lot of those. And they were all with different hops. And interestingly, all of the hops that they were brewed with were all European hops as well. So they're, they're trying all these different variations of IPA as part of the Stone um, pilot so, series. Okay, so really making it a European Abs- absolutely. build for their beers. Yeah, yeah. and when, when we spoke to Thomas, he did say that they, they have adapted some of the, the, the recipes slightly to use European ingredients as well because they're very they're very keen to use European ingredients. Well, it must be more cost-effective, surely, as well. You, you, you think. And mm-hmm. that whole stone yeah. ethos of they want you to have everything fresh as well, there must be some element of that in there. Yeah. 
That sounds quite good. So, so while I just run through my list of IPAs, yeah, or, or I'm about to. Um, I like that list of IPAs. Just, <laughs> just, 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 IPAs. just poured uh, the next beer, which is another one from Ampersand, and this is Hopwell. Um, so this is a um, Chinook and Simcoe West Coast IPA coming in at six percent. Mm, appropriate timing. Yes, very much so. All Cheers. in the planning. It's almost got a bit of a funky nose to it. I'm getting the hops, but I'm definitely feeling a little bit of a. And I'm going to say, based on what we were talking about last week, this is coming from the yeast. Yeah. There's there's that sort of Belgium yeast strain going through, or something very akin to it for me. There, there is. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, so the yeast is a, a dry English yeast that they've used in this. Uh, so interesting, obviously, West Coast style produced with an English yeast. It's definitely, it just feels like it's got... Something running through is just put is that sort of that little bit of funk to it. Yeah, it's Again, not unpleasant. Unfined and unfiltered bottle condition, yeah. so it might be that with the yeast in the bottle, it's it's it started to play around with flavours a little bit. Yeah, it could be quite dry it's, actually. It's very, it's very dry. So, West Coast IPAs or West Coast style IPAs. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to run through my list. Stone Berlin Pilot Series Session IPA Dry Hopped with Hercules Wet Hop. Stone IPA, dry hopped with Ariana. Stone Berlin Pilot Series, was Wuzplapolm IPA, which we think was a, um, a, a Polish hop that, that we found. Stone IPA, the, the classic. Stone Ghost Hammer IPA. Stone Tangerine Express IPA. Hop Revolver IPA, hop number four, Mandarina Bavaria. Stone 21st Anniversary, Hell to the Hop Thief, double IPA. Stone Ruination, double IPA. Um, Stone Mocker, IPA. Um, and then there were a couple of others that we threw in there as, as, as jokers. So there was the White Ghost Berliner Weiss, which um, again is a fairly new beer for, for Stone Berlin because they wanted to produce the style that was named after the city. Yeah. Um, we did Saison uh, Dubuff, aged in red and white wine barrels, which I was not a fan of. <laughs> um, but we got that one uh, complimentary due to Clayton's VIP membership. He, he gets the special that's on for free. Yeah, I suppose it's probably a good opportunity to say it. So the, the background to the trip was because um, the, I suppose, crowdfunding or... Type of crowdfunding, Type of crowdfunding yeah. kind of a, that uh, Stone Berlin engaged with was uh, basically people buying into special beers long before they're actually brewed, bottled and stored yeah. and ready ready to actually give give away. But the uh, the big thing is you're having to go and pick it up. And so you, you were there to help help with this process as well, weren't you? I was hired help. Basically. To, to basically yeah. get some rather large bottles of beer. Six Magnums. And these were all collaboration bottles as well, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, every single, every single they're one all collaboration, collaboration of, of sorts. So... Yeah, there were six of those that Clayton needed to pick up, so we took over um, two suitcases, one inside the other, full of packaging. Yeah. Um, and then obviously got there, opened the ball up, packaged the beers up, got loads of cardboard from the merch store, bought a load of merch as well to help with the <laughs> packaging, because of course we had to, um, and managed to get the six bottles in the, in, in the two cases and get them all home in one piece as well. So mission accomplished as, as far that as that. Sounds like a good list of beers. So what would be your... There, there were two others that I didn't oh. mention there, which were the ones that we finished on, which we had, we had saved for the end of the day. Mm. So we did the Go 2010 on. Russian 
Imperial Stout, and we did the 2007 Old Guardian Barley Wine as, as well as our two finishers for, for the day. And? They were incredible. The, um, the, the, the Russian Imperial Stout was just smooth velvet in, in, in your mouth. It was just, just incredible. Bearing in mind, that's obviously seven years old. Um, and then the, the, the Old Guardian Barley Wine, 10 years old. This, this 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 one was as as well, and obviously these are all being served on um, keg pour uh, as well. It was just it was just per- that was the perfect finish to the day. Even uh, you know I didn't I didn't get to a point where I was IPA'd out because I was like I'm here to drink what this brewery is known for, which yeah, is their IPA. I presume you were having fairly small. Well, the smallest pours that they did, yeah. Yeah. So, and they, they vary them slightly depending on the strength anyway but that they do yeah. yeah yeah some of them again sensibly you can only get in, in, in a certain port yeah they change that just for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> just to stop me from drinking all the stone IPA yeah but, but no just um, an incredible experience and, and to think that we did it in a day as, as well there was lots of sleeping on the way back I, I think we got back to the airport and we slept in the departure lounge until the plane was called, <laughs> and then I think we both fell asleep the minute we was on the plane as well. Got back home about half twelve, so it was almost what 21, 22 hours to, to do the entire round trip. But if you're prepared to do it and it all works, if you, oh, you must add what about seven seven hours or so at Stone. Yeah, it was seven hours at Stone. Um, so yeah, we got there at twelve, and we we left at about half seven to to get back to the airport. Yeah, which is roughly the same sort of time as I spent there anyway. When yeah. I when I went there, I was going going somewhere else. So yeah, you you got a good a full day. But again, if 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 you're prepared to put the time into it, our, our return flights were like thirty six quid return flight to Berlin. Now you can't get very far in the UK on a train for thirty six quid. No. Nope. So if if you can do it in in a way that you can do your airport transfers this side as as well that keep your costs low, you can probably actually do it for the price that you could get to Manchester or Leeds or Bristol or or any other great beery destination. But that's probably the, that's the key, isn't it? It's that bit home to airport and back yeah. again, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously in the morning you, you could easily drive yourself to the airport, but it's getting that lift back at the end of the day, isn't it? But it's fairly late on yeah as well yeah so if but, you can nail that that side of it because otherwise you have to start booking hotels that sort of takes away the it starts making it very expensive yeah yeah, yeah. but no uh, like I say definitely worth doing absolutely great day out best day out ever best day trip ever <laughs> I mean it was just so good and, and to drink of, of all of those beers that I had to, to sit in the autumn sunshine, drinking a fresh stone IPA. How good was that? It was it was heaven for for the, for the very small amount of time that that beer spent in my glass. <laughs> it was the most perfect of moments. It's one of those moments where you just sort of stop. Yeah, just stop and just let the world just pass you by. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. When I went there. It was an August day, it was pissing it down in the morning, but it brightened up in the afternoon. You get all that sunshine coming in, and you just stand there thinking, oh, this is all right. 
this is yeah. this is good. This is a not, this is a good place to drink beer. Yeah, and, and like I say, keep keep do keep an ear out for the the, the interview with Thomas because we talk about um, the the brewery itself and how the local community have taken to it and also um, Stone's approach to brewing beer and their approach to also interestingly because I had to ask the question of you know in the modern age of brewing the, the, the New England style of beers Stone have continued to brew West Coast styles and he answered that question as well so and you're only going to get to hear that on that pod <laughs> no, blast no well. spoilers here no spoilers here so, so while I was off um, enjoying myself in Germany you were preparing for your own um, trip wasn't you yeah so uh, Michael and myself had decided we were going to have our first big holiday away together so that's my son um, and we had decided to go to Phoenix Arizona and uh, aside from the fact it was it was hot so let's just take that as red every day was around 30, 32 somewhere between 32 and 35 um, well the good beer turned up straight away really we, we, we got to the hotel checked in we were on it was probably about in our heads it was like 2 o'clock in the morning with the flights and stuff but I wanted us to get onto the old timeline as soon yeah. as possible so we didn't waste days and um, from the tram back from the airport it was night time so I kept my eyes open and stuff and I'd seen this thing saying craft beer garden <laughs> I said oh that looks good and my, Michael was rolling his eyes already at me <laughs> oh you've dad in, you've been in the country half an hour <laughs> and you spotted it <laughs> yeah um, and it turns out it was two minutes away from the hotel oh fantastic so I said well let's go and have a look and see what the food's like that kind of thing turned out they had a, a, a menu which suited us both as well and it uh, wasn't too busy for a Saturday night so that was right and uh, turns out they had this um, like a wall of beer which was basically self-service taps oh brilliant yeah exactly yeah. I mean first oh. of all it was like what? self-service taps loved the idea of that first of yeah. all and um, basically what you do is you hand over your card you know your credit or debit card they give you another card which works with their their, their, their their readers at each tap so it's one tap two taps per one reader and basically you then get a glass from the fridge beside it and you can fill up your glass for as little or as much as you like on the beer you're having and the screen in front of you will tell you exactly how much it's costing you as it's going up brilliant um, don't ask me how much I was having on all of the pours because it, it was in fluid ounces yeah so I was struggling with that bit so I was just going by sights really and so and then based purely on the fact of what you one of the beers you'd had at Stone I went for Stone Tangerine Express IPA when I was there really nice yeah that sort of pithy orange really it came comes through. through it really did come yeah. through yeah but not so it ever got to that too cloying sweet it not, wasn't like it was orange juice. no it, it was there as a flavour yeah and I found there was a few and I might mention them there was a few like that in the States they really seemed to like using the orange and especially seemingly the tangerine as well but get the balance just spot on mm-hmm. so that was a nice little apart from anything it was novelty so they had 28 taps I mean two of them were for wine the other 26 were beer and that was it so it was just basically it was American beers yeah and most of them I think they had a couple of dark ones but most of them were either pales or IPAs so pretty happy with that still hot dived into that that was a good start that was a good start um, where, where the hotel was in Phoenix we were on a we were on a tram line so that worked out really well so we were able to go to 
from downtown where we were in Phoenix to mid uptown, all on the tram line, which cost four dollars a day oh, for a pass. Yeah. Nothing, four dollars a day, even with the rubbish exchange rate, it's nothing. But we also had to go to what you'd class as, to coin a phrase from the uh, the Midlands, the Midlands show, Greater Arizona. Um, so we were able to go like to the next place, uh, temp, uh, to, to Scottsdale, Temp, um, and to other places, and use the buses, still all from this $4. Wow, that's such good value, isn't it? Yeah, it made it yeah. easy. It was a no-brainer. You just buy the ticket and then you don't think about it. Um, so we ended up, there was, a, there, was a, there was loads of breweries. So what I did was I actually used an attack while I was there. You know, we can do that nearby events, nearby venues. Yeah. And so many of them have got themselves as verified venues. So I was using those to find out where places were. So I've done a bit of, bit of research before, but the research was done not really based on knowing exactly where I was mm-hmm. in relation to anything. So I found a few other places, and I've, I've done a few Instagram posts, but I'll just highlight a couple of them. One of them was um, a bar called King's. Oh, it's King's Bottle, King's Beer and Wine Convenience, which didn't really sell it. It was like, okay, well, that's just a bit of a store. Yeah. Um, but turned out it was basically, it was beer and wine and soda, to, to use the right, to use the, the American phrases, um, in a wonderful, well-stocked, well-stacked shop. And next door was one of the best tap rooms I've seen, but a tap room attached to a bottle shop. So not a brewery tap room, but a tap room nonetheless. And they, you could do your growler fills. They had 50 taps for that. But then when you went into the tap room, they had another six taps for nitro stouts as well. Nitro stouts into your growler? No, they oh. wouldn't do that into the growler. So that's why they had that separate there. Yeah. So you could buy the nitro stouts, but you could, that wasn't for growler fill. And so, um, uh, and they had old star board games, they had Jenga, and they also had a SNES as well. Brilliant. So Michael was quite happy then. <laughs> he was he was fine with this one. And also Larry's Burgers, who are three doors down, three doors, will deliver. If you phone them up, they had the menus on the table. If you phone them up, they would deliver, which I thought was brilliant. So you don't even have to leave and go three doors to get it. Yeah. They would deliver it, and they were more than happy for you to eat it in there. Um, I think they've, they've only been open since April this year. Uh, one of the guys behind there is a sit. Uh, qualified Cicerone they just had some fantastic pours available and um, that's where one of the places where I tried the stone uh, is it end by live by die by 31st of October oh yeah, yeah. so you know obviously the, the inspiration for Brewdog and um, that was that was nice I mean it, we, 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 I was, obviously I was on the end of life but still tasting nice I tried, it must have still been tasting it was tasting fairly good, good though and then I tasted it in the bottle and it was even better because the bottle just had that little bit more sharpness to it and it was that was tasting really good in the bottle. Um, did the flights like anywhere else, that, that so it was really good. And again, it was four stops on the tram from where we were in the hotel. Um, popped into a, to a, to a one brewery who had a fantastically big space, I mean, not stone space, but still compared to over here, a very, very big area that is very popular for beer and food and stuff. And again, I was in hot weather, so shorts and t-shirt, you were able to sit outside, sit inside. In fact, actually me and Michael made a point of sitting inside at most places anyway, because we were going, oh, it's too hot. If everyone else was going, you've come at the right time, but it's not so hot now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's still hot. Um, and so what the, uh, one of the other highlights for me was um, 
and I went on a Canyon Railroad journey. And uh, I've been looking for them. I've been to the States twice before and I've never been on the railroad. And as much as I bitch about commuting on trains, I actually love the look of American trains with their big engines and their big carriages. They just look, I think, really good, especially in the sunshine. And there's another canyon called the Verde Canyon, which is on the way to the Grand Canyon. And they have a train journey which goes for about four hours out and back. And the only way you get the views of this canyon is to go on the railroad. I thought, well, that'd be so different. That's all right. So I did a bit more research. And then during October, it turns out they have a little beer festival before it starts. So if you, rather than getting there for half 12 for a 12.45 departure, you get there at 11, get your glass. So it's a American pint-sized glass, which I think is a 16 fluid ounce or something, so probably closer to two thirds. Mm. Um, five tokens, you can have five beers, or you can use all five and just have a full pint. I thought, well, I'm not gonna do that. What they have is they have a taster line on the glass. So you can get the best of both worlds. So perfect for me. So, and they over poured every single pour anyway. Tried some fantastic beers there as well. And all of them, and this is the other thing I want to make the point about, everywhere I went to bar one place, which was the local bowling alley, which still had some good beers, had beers from Arizona. So it was all local. They had, as well. at a minimum, they had a local offering. And that included places like the Hard Rock Cafe, who I thought might just have the big boys on which they did, but then they had four beers from one other brewery as well. It was like, this is, this is good. And they were only five miles away from where the Hard Rock Cafe was. So that, that's, for me, that's, that's fairly local. Um, so I was really impressed with that as well. Even when we went to the Grand Canyon, there's a Grand Canyon brewery and they had a beer from them available. So they didn't just offer you the stuff they could buy in cheaper and in bulk. They were, I was able to try Arizona beers all the way through the break. It was fantastic. But it was one beer which stood out. West Coast style IPA, Dragoon IPA, which I had in a shopping centre. A shopping centre which had a bar with, well, it actually has more taps than stone in it, called the Yard House, mm. and it's in a shopping centre. So I had I'd been given a list, a list by Michelle, my girlfriend, to get do a bit of Christmas shopping. Okay, and this involved going into shops I would never normally go into. And you know, me and Michael said, right, let's get this done. Let's go in like military operation. Here's the list. We need people to help us. Can you help us get the stuff? Eat. I need a drink now. Found the bar. Four point two five percent. 4.25 out of five, oh, yeah, 4.25 out of five, I gave this beer. It was just a perfect beer at a perfect time. Brilliant. And fresh as anything. So loads of other beers were tried, but it was just one of those moments in time where it was like the perfect moment to have that beer after, not being able to find everything we wanted. But then we finished it, done, <sighs> ready to have a drink now. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because that's, it's a completely different culture, isn't it, to beer in, in, in the States. Yep. It's, I mean, it's massive it, and, and it's everywhere. And that, that, ex, that shopping centre experience almost echoes mine a little bit when I went to Florida and walked into the supermarket and just 
found the first four oh, pack. I did. I I, 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 took, yeah. I took the supermarket auction as well, and I bought you some back, and that was all from the supermarket, from a Safeway. It's, it's just amazing, isn't it? Just walking into the supermarket and seeing the beers that are on a supermarket shelf. I mean, we rave about what we can get in Tesco's now. But you walk into a supermarket in the States and it's ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, that's where I, I picked up the stone from there. But also, and ironically, I went into three or four what I'd class as very good stores or bottle shops. And even in the Grand Canyon General Store, they had a very, very good selection of beers you could get. But they only had one English brewery as far as I could spot mm. there was only one English brewery and that was um, Samuel Smith's oh really yes they had in the Grand Canyon Grand Canyon Central Store they had four different beers from Samuel Smith's and Tadcaster is that because it's the most English brewery they could find do you think quite possibly because with, it would with some of the most the tourist with some of the most English labels you're going to find as well absolutely yeah it's so quintessentially English yeah, isn't it the um, but yeah the fact that I could get a local beer offering nearly anywhere pizza place hard rock cafe I said, I said in the bowling alley but the bowling alley still had Sam Adams Oktoberfest beer and it was nice to taste Sam Adams beer brewed in, in the US um, Lagunitas IPA so there was still some good beer offerings even there but everywhere else had an Arizona beer that's brilliant isn't yeah. it? you can't ask for much more no, than no, that no god I mean that, 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 that really that kind of drink local yeah thing even about in the it, hotel yeah. they had some available yeah. so you, you can't really complain at that can you yeah. but yeah I mean the holiday itself wasn't all about beer just to add a disclaimer in there Michael did get to do some stuff he wanted to do <laughs> now and again yeah um, but yeah, the fact that I, we didn't, I didn't actually have to plan that hard to find those beery treats was probably the highlight. You don't know, do you? No. That's the thing, you absolutely don't have to in the States because it's everywhere. Yeah. And I thought the prices were okay as well. Yeah. So just um, while we're finishing up there, you, we've obviously finished off the, the, the ampersand pop well. Yeah. Final thoughts on that? Um, I think I still found that little bit of a, that yeet what I would cast as the bells of the sweet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit sweet, but it, I mean, it was still really nice and drinkable. If I had to choose out the first two, never we switched to from the first two bottles to a can, um, I would definitely have drunk more of the Colch than the second beer. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you. I think I don't, I don't know if the the, the, the hopwell was has suffered from maybe being a little bit older than than maybe you'd want to drink it, maybe that fresh. The, the, the yeast wouldn't have had chance to do its job in there quite it, possibly it might be a completely different beer yeah um, but uh, you know a little sweet for, for my liking for a west coast style yeah um, but as I say j- fairly drinkable yeah it didn't quite have that sharpness and I suppose at the moment we've both got very recent memories of having of a, having really sharp west coast style yeah, IPAs yeah so talking of IPAs, um, and obviously listeners would have heard us cracking open the cans <laughs> in, in the background, we're now moving on to uh, some beers, or, or a beer from Grain Brewery. Now this is um, Lignum Vitae, which is a 6.5% IPA that's been lagered as, as well. So it's um, uh, a lagered IPA in a can from another brewery in Norfolk. Um, so Grain have been around since uh, 2006. Um, as again a small brewery based in Norfolk Um, they started off by purchasing uh, the kit that belonged to Castle Rock who I think based in Nottingham 
Um, and they've always been very focused on, um, again, local produce going into their beers. So um, obviously there's a lot of Marisotta grown in the region uh, and that gave the inspiration for the name of the brewery being grain. Uh, okay. Simple as that. Um, the, the, the beer Lignum Vitae, um, all of, most of the, the, the beers are named after trees. Uh, or have tree-based names, and the one that we're drinking here, Lignum Vitae, means tree of life. So okay, just to be clear, I would never have known that. I would, I would never know that. Facts every week. In fact, my, there's one for miles for a, a future uh, episode of the Twab Quiz on, on a Tuesday <laughs> evening. Um, so yeah, their first beer was a 3.8% bitter called Oak, and to this day remains their bestseller. Uh, in 2010, they opened up their first pub, The Plough, in St. Benedict Street in Norwich, um, which is also kind of one of their tap rooms. And, and I've been there. Uh, is that the one you've been to? That's the one I went to, yeah. Uh, lovely little bar, um, lovely little setup in there. Um, so, so, yeah, so um, let's give the, the, the grain Lignum Vitae train. This is a beer that we've both had before. We have both had it before, yeah. Loads of toffee and caramel, isn't it? I was going to say caramel on the nose. A little bit of pine resin in there as well. Oh, that's uh, that has definitely got that 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 sweetness of the caramel straight away, hasn't it? Caramel to caramel. Um, I mean, I've, I've had this on cask, and I had it back in September at the Chapel Beer Fest, and that was a three point seven five out of five, and I wrote down lovely English IPA. So, at the moment, it feels a different beer to me out of the can, but maybe I just need to. See how it develops while while we get onto your beery adventure number two. Well, just before I do that, I've also had this on cars. Okay, I had it at the Chelmsford Summer Beer Festival, um, and I said it like citrus and toffee uh, at that point as well. But I gave it three and a half. But yes, again, it does feel like a very different beer in yeah. the can. Um, don't know if it's a can, or I don't know if the fact that it's been lagered. Who knows? But then I would, I for me, I would have expected less of the toffee, but. Oh, we've done. But we'll, we'll work yeah. our way through that. So, so yeah, my um, next one on my list is a, a new tap room opened up in Chelmsford called the Motion Tap. Um, serving, I think they've got about, I think they've got 12 lines in there as well, um, all served through Kiki. Okay. Uh, a few of us went down to, as, as you have to, sample the, the, the new local wares. When you say a few, you mean you... Clayton and uh, Mr. Chinnery, half pint gents. Yes, went went down uh, one Friday evening. Um, great little space. Um, probably needs a bit of life bringing to it because it's all very clean and very new at the moment. But obviously that will will change with age. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting clientele came in and out throughout the evening. While we were in there on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, we got in there fairly early, sort of half five-ish, and it was very much an after-work crowd. That then changed to people that were just passing and maybe popping in for a quick drink, which then changed to people that were clearly popping in for a drink before going out into Chelmsford proper. Um, because where, where the Motion Tap is, it's in Motion Street, which is kind of... It's a good 20-minute walk from the station. It's, but it's the start of the walk to other bars and clubs, isn't it? back into the centre yeah. of town. Yeah, it's, it's kind of down near the cricket ground yeah. for, for people that know Chelmsford. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, every beer that we had in there was tasting great. 
um, would say, suggest that maybe the one thing that may change in there over time is their pricing. Um, because we were drinking pints of 8% double IPA for 4.50 a pint, Ooh. which was probably uh, the reason why we were all hanging on the Saturday of the following morning <laughs> because we were nailing that like it was going out of fashion. Anyway, moving um, on, moving on rapidly. So, so what was your next little adventure? So my next little adventure is when I came back from um, Phoenix, I'd already purchased a ticket, and um, it seems that like Clayton's getting a lot of mentions here. But very, he's very good. He shares. Um, so not only did he, you went to Stone with him. He went to Morton Tap with you. He uh, came to the Victoria Inn at Home Brew Festival that took place on the uh, the first Saturday of November. So this is where they have uh, basically you buy a ticket. So you're buying the beer from the Victoria Inn because they've already sorted out that with the home brewers because they're not selling because they're not professional brewers, they're yeah. not commercial. They always have they have 15 beers available. You get voucher for 12, but if you sign up for one of the tutored tastings and get the right free beers, you have free beers on the tutored tasting, you can cover all 15 beers. So that's what we did. And the tutored tasting, you had to pay for anyway. Okay. So you can work it. Yeah. And it's 12 quid for your ticket, so, and they give you food as well, um, which I forgot to have. I was focused on the beer. Um, and I suppose what I need to say is that, I, I, again, anyone who brews a home homebrew, I, I always think that's just magic. And despite what uh, one of the guys, Michael, from the Essex Bottle Share says, saying that anyone can brew a beer, if you can make porridge, you can make a beer. Still not convinced I can make a beer yeah. from scratch. Um, so I always admire what to do. And while some of them weren't to my palate, there was a, there was a few really malty, brown, twiggy, brown beers. I use the word brown twice till I know because they were very brown. Um, and me and Clayton perhaps suffered from the fact that we didn't probably pick our order very well. The scorecard and the program were slightly out of sync. So we did end up back-ending a lot of the brown beers, which we probably needed to have earlier on or spaced out better. Get them out of the way. Yeah. Get them all out of the way. Um, but there were some beers were up around the, the four mark. And we're talking home brews here as well. So, you know, we had, we had there was a... Animius Plus from a guy called Keith Bailey um, and it was described as a New England IPA now we've obviously had many discussions about this but this is a home brewer and uh, Richard who was one of the guys who shared the podcast with Andy when we did the sparklers debate a little while back just brought it over to us early on and said you know what do you think of this beer so that's pretty good so what do you think it is and I hadn't even thought I hadn't really looked at the, the, the menu I said, I don't know. He said, it reminds me of Cladwell, to be honest. Um, he said, that's one of the home brews. So, you know, whether I, you know, if you're judging it on style, it, it was really very close to a lot of the Cladwell to beers I've had recently. 6.3% New England IPA, and this was got by, by a guy doing uh, home brews. Richard said to me, he said, well, look, we can sell that. <laughs> we could put it on the keg tab, because it, it was a keg beer, not all the home brews were cast. 12 were on gravity and three were key keg. And um, he said, we could, put, we could sell that for a fiver a time. Wow. I mean, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Exactly, for exactly. And the standard of the beer being produced. I've now been, for, this was the sixth iteration of the festival, and I've been to three of them. And I, went, I missed out year one and two, went to three and four, missed out last year. And I'd say, haven't had a year off in between. For some of them, there was a real increase in the standard as well. And that these guys are producing some really good beers. Some of them have no interest. I'm stepping it up 
But I do know that friend of the show, Beer O'Clock Show especially, Ollie Watts had entered that competition before. And our friend from Essex Bolshare, Mark Watson, entered it last year. So there are people who enter the, this competition and others like it who then perhaps get the confidence from it and then go, okay, I'll tell you what, for whatever reason, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Whether that be because like in Mark's thing, because he was you know retiring, this was going to become a hobby which became something more. Or like with Ollie, it was a change of direction. Mm. But people... You know, they can gain confidence from these things. And the Victorian, as people know, I've got a real love for that pub. Um, and there's the, the guys who run it and own it really know what they're talking about as well. So they're really supportive of these these kind of things as well. Um, lovely afternoon in there. Wasn't too packed, but it was a nice turnover of people. So they were getting lots of different opinions about the beers. You do a scorecard, you put a few comments. They collect them all, they collect them and so that they can, you know, they feed it back to the brewers at the end of it as well. So, I mean, that was the, that was one of the real standouts, that, that, that New England IPA. But it's just nice, it's a bit of a contrast as well because I'd obviously had, I'd been really spoiled with the old West Coast, West Coast style IPAs and some lovely porters and stuff like that. To come back and have some, some very nice cast beers, but just home brews. It's really, really quite nice. You know, I really did enjoy that festival and I will endeavour to make sure I can uh, be free when it comes up again next year. Well, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have gone, but I was elsewhere in the country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you just? At the time, yeah, which, which we'll come on to in a second. Um, how are you finding the beer? Because I've, I've found, actually, since it's sat in the grass a little bit, it, it's begun to soften a little bit. It's, it's, like I said, my original description was lovely engine IPA. And that English IPA is starting to come through because that I'm starting. I know that a lot of people will say that the the sweetness of the, the the caramel is part of it, but for me, I'm quite happy to stop losing that. The dryness is coming through a bit more now for me, and I'm starting to get a bit more of that hops. English, you know, English hops. It is sweet, um, and, and and yeah, it's very English, and and I can see why I think we've both enjoyed this on cask so much because actually this is a really good cask beer yes I'm, I'm not sure the package has done anything for it I don't I think it's perhaps well for us anyway because we're both similar in this it's probably extenuated the elements which we're not so keen on yeah I think so that, that real sweetness I mean there's none of that Twigginess going on, so but that, that sweetness is the predominant things, even still. And I'm halfway through as well now. Okay, so while we um, continue uh, to drink the lignum vitae, um, I will jump back into to, to my next little trip. So, which, this, this was when I was at the Homebrew Festival. I was, yeah, I, I spent a, a ridiculous amount of time on trains getting to Leeds <laughs> um, because I just had to go to Dark City. Um, to, to experience it uh, and I'm glad I did I, 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 I've got to say so Dark City was um, the counterpart to Hop City which uh, Northern Monk hosted uh, earlier on in the year and, and this was a celebration of dark beers so, so we're talking black IPAs stouts imperial stouts porters you know anything that was dark that, yeah. that didn't fit into that hoppy category um, and it was, it was great. It was 
but weird at, but at this, the same time. So this was held at the Northern Monk Refectory as well. This was at the refectory as well. Um, met up with Wayne and Janice, who, who had come over for it as well, the Irish beer snobs uh, had come over for it. Um, saw loads of other people over there. Um, but yeah, just really weird being at a festival that was exclusively dark beer. No, oh, I bet it was. Because it was very difficult to kind of choose where you were going to go next with with your beers. So Did they have like any sort of like sessionable dark beers or was it all on the big end? Um It was all on the it was all on the big end. They they worked out they they, they did a thing across the programme um, and worked out the average ABV of beers for that festival was nine percent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just for the benefit of listeners, um, when I was at the Victoria Homebrew Festival, it definitely was not that high. I reckon the average was probably about 4.1. Yeah. Um, so uh, there were a few on the lower end. There were a couple of six percenters in, in there, but mostly everything was imperial or ballet. So what did you have as a palate cleanser? I didn't. I just, you didn't palate cleanse? just stayed dark. Um, well, actually, no, I, I say I didn't. I, I tell a lie, I did, because, I, I mean, I went in, and th- this may shock a few listeners, I went straight for cask, because they had Old Chimney's um, Good King Henry on cask. So, Ooh, I, that, I that, that. that was my first beer. Of they the had that at the Colchester Winter or Summer Festival as well, on did cask. That? And I did exactly the same thing, because I went, I talked myself into it. What if it runs out? Well... I went in, that was my first beer, 9% cask imperial stout, five minutes later it kicked. There you go. And I was like, completely justified in my, in my opening decision. Yes. Um, and then I stayed predominantly, well, you, you can't do anything else. <laughs> well, I stayed predominantly dark. I, I went, um, because I, I spent most of the day in, in the taproom floor of the refectory. So for, for, for people that have been there, it's, it's got three levels. Ground, ground level is the, 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 the small batch brewery as it is now. Middle level is the taproom and then you've got an event space upstairs. So we stayed predominantly in the taproom space. Uh, popped upstairs to speak to a few people, saw a few people and um, saw Chris Hall from Brew by Numbers who took my empty glass off me and said, here, you've got to try this and whipped out from behind his keg machine a Powell beer, which was their, um, I think it was OAI White Stout and literally, you, in a blind tasting, you would not have known this beer was, wasn't dark. White Stout still messing my head. Th- this one was, was the most stouty white stout I've ever had. Just weird, isn't it? Yeah. So, and, but that was the only light coloured beer I had. But was still... That day. Dark influenced almost. It was still dark influenced, yeah. I just thought I'd have a quick look. Yeah, it was the, it was the Good King Henry uh, Russian Imperial Stout that I had at the Colchester Winter Ale Festival. And I've written on here, first beer at the festival. I, I think sometimes you've just got to. And I've just written down... Cracker, smooth, doesn't give away its booziness. Give it four point two five because I did. It, I just thought I've got to get it because if I had seen it go off, we, that that, that was my worry. You don't see it very often, do you? No, and and certainly you don't, you don't see a cask version of it in Leeds. No, so that's, you know I I, I, just, I know we, you said it, but I would have done exactly the same thing you did. So was there any other? Standouts. Um, there, there were a, a couple of, of standouts. I had the um, 
Marble did have done a collaboration with Fuller's to, to recreate the Gals Old Owl. Um, oh yeah. And they've um, barrel aged it in a number of different barrels as, as well. So they had the bourbon version on and it was f- fucking incredible. It was... In my head I just think it's just really smooth. It, it was smooth and tart and bourbon and it was just it was what I needed at the time that I had it because it just it, it broke up all the all the dark Pro, all the proper flag, dark yeah. is. Um, but the absolute standout of, of the festival for, for me which I gave I gave five on, on Untapped now I, I I know I throw them out more than you do but I don't I still well, don't that's not, throw, that's not, to be fair that's not difficult I, I know but I don't throw them out willingly unless it's um, a cannibal this was a cherry Belgian quad by Legitimate Industries. Yes, and I was shocked. 10.6%. Well, I was shocked, but it looked lovely in the cask. Was it cask? It was cask. I picked up on that. It was, a, it was the cask beer. Really? And, mate, it was, it was fucking incredible. It was, it, was, it was like drinking smooth cherry aid. It was just everything that I wanted it. and I think it was the last beer that I had before we left there and, oh, and it, was, it was stunning it, perfect. it was just brilliant so what was the atmosphere like was it busy was it noisy what was the music it was, like it was busy but not crowded um, there was a nice buzz in both of the rooms music was maybe slightly above background but what they had done that they had they had matched the music perfectly to the theme of the event because it was all kind of rock and heavy yeah. metal that was playing because on Saturday evening they had live local metal bands playing upstairs as well. Um, so, but yeah, there was, I, I suppose the one difference between that and Hop City, because obviously I popped into Hop City yeah. for an hour as well, was it, it didn't feel to me like, Hop City very much felt like People were there for the hype of beers. What, your they big... Want, they wanted the big ticks. Your big US, New England yeah. style IPAs. Yeah, everybody wanted the big hop-hitting beers. This didn't feel like people were there for the hype. It felt like people were there because they wanted to try some of the best dark beers that are being produced in the UK okay. right now. So, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was brilliant. And, and hats off to the organisers again because they nailed it. You, you, you know, you... It was something like 15 quid for the ticket in, you, you got a glass for that, and then it was like 20 quid for eight tokens. And, and to be fair, eight tokens were enough on, on, a, on a four hour session. Well, especially with the, some of those beers you've uh, because, name checked already. Yeah, I, I don't think there were many that I, I drank that were, I, in fact, I don't think I dipped below 8% while I was there on, on what I was drinking. It did sound, it did sound, re- did sound really good. It did yeah. sound really good. That's good. So, if you if you had to choose next year, and you could only go to one, Hop City or Dark City, I'd go to Dark City. Yeah, I, I would choose that every time. Just just because I'm part of me is done with this hyping beer. I'm I'm just so over it now, and I just like the more laid back. It it wasn't like there were people scrambling to get cans of the big US beers that were there. People were just happy to. Oh, Beer's gone. Well, what else is there? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Like I said, sounded, sounded, did sound yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, to, it was to the point where there, there were so many that I was trying to get in, in, in the short amount of time that I was there, 
I even missed the opportunity to have Kentucky Common Grounds again from Magic Rock that was on. Okay, but at least you'd had it once before. I, I know, but I wanted it again. Well, I can understand that. It was <laughs> a, it, it's it an was awesome bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, and, and I'll go straight into my next one because well, it was, was on the same it, day. Well, it was an hour later. Yeah, we went, we, we, we went from Dark City to Magic Rock. Um, tap room so uh, it was an interesting train journey um, Janice was by no way annoying on, on, on the train at all asking are we there yet in a couple of seconds on, it's only on, 20 minutes on a packed train but it's only 20 minutes I know it's only 20 minutes it felt like an hour <laughs> um, and yeah went to, to Magic Rock Tap Room um, which was we had a nice vibe to it when we first got there because Huddersfield had been playing at home that yeah. day so it was still it still had some of the after game crowd in as well and um, clearly Magic Rock have got that sorted as, as well because they've got they've got security on their main gate and then there's kind of a, a not not a ticket system so much but kind of very much a, a queuing system no 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 they'd, well. they'd heard about you and the beer snobs turning up possibly security um, were hired for one day only yeah <laughs> but no but that's a good idea though. I mean you, you you know, because Magic Rock have a beer at the ground, don't they? Well, they've got two now, yeah. Oh, they've, they've got, got two? Yeah, I thought it was just got, one. No, they've got a, a, a cask bitter called Hattrick. Yeah. And then they've got um, a lager called Promised Land. Okay. As, as well, which oh, I've Promised Land, Premier League, Hattrick, yeah. 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 Oh, I like that. I like football themed beers. Perfect. <laughs> it will happen one day. Um, um, so, yeah, I've got there, uh, made my way to the bar. There were five of us. I ordered five pints of Cannibal. It, it seemed like the obvious. What did the others have? <laughs> um, and, and yeah after all of the dark beers I bet that first cannibal didn't, didn't stand the glass very long because yeah so the last beer was that cherry beer so let's see Northern, Northern Monk back to the train station maybe a little bit of waiting time the train there were no train beers because there just yeah. wasn't them on the train for but I reckon there was an hour in between roughly easily yeah so that first pint of cannibal was beautiful as it always is from the tap room yeah and it was you know so we had I think we had a couple of pints of Cannibal to start with um, went through a few other beers I, th- I think I had a Common Grounds and, and then I had tried the Hat Trick as well which was you know exactly what you want from a 3.8% bitter absolutely perfect nice to step down a little bit as well yeah um, great food on offer as well though there was um, they were doing kind of grilled cheese sandwiches um, which was their street food offering and I had a grilled cheese sandwich that had pulled pork and mac and cheese in the sandwich oh. yeah I had a great mac and cheese in Arizona so I know we'll get back to that no, it's fine. it was a fantastic it was like in a, you know like the, uh, the, the metal bowls you get in the, uh, in the Indians the Indian restaurants you like and it comes on the hot plate it, but this was like it was like exploding out of this metal bowl this one that Michael had and so I said, is there anywhere we need to go back to before we leave? And he said, yeah, I want to try the mac and cheese again. And they did a one with chicken, which he had, but they did one with jalapenos, which I had. And it, I have to admit, he was right. It's almost a perfect beer food, it mac and cheese. Brilliant with food. It was brilliant with the beer. I actually had, funny story, uh, when we was in Stone, because I, I, I'm a really fussy eater, I didn't really yes. get on with the menu, so I had the mac and cheese from the kids' menu. <laughs> And I think they gave me an adult portion of it because it was quite a big bowl, but it was, again, it was really, it was perfect. It I, I just think mac and cheese is the I think perfect that, beer I think food. it's because you've got that 
you've got the pasta bulking you out, which you need a bit of you need a bit of filling. Yeah. But we all know how good cheese and beer goes. Perfect. Yeah. And they they've melted it for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, my trip to Leeds was was pretty much perfect. That's I, I got to drink an afternoon. Drink an afternoon. I got. I got. Drank an afternoon. I drank an afternoon. Pint of please. <laughs> yeah. Pint Dark of beers all afternoon, and then got to go to to, to to my church and worship at the altar. And it's been a little while since you've been there, isn't it? It's been a yeah a, a while since I've been to Magic Rock. Now. So it must have been quite nice rocking up. There it was again. nice going back and and just enjoying the atmosphere and and seeing it kind of post match day as well. Yeah. It's, there's a real buzz in there. Oh, I bet there is. There's probably a whole buzz and, around. And you can really see how they've. That they're beginning to bring that beer community around in Huddersfield. Did you meet up with anyone else there? Bumped into to Rob from Popzine at Dark City. Uh, Connor was around as, as well. Saw Ross from uh, Beer Nomicon as, as okay. well. So there were a few faces yeah. uh, around. Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, that, it, it, it sounded like a good combination of a day. I would wholly recommend it to anyone next year, though. If you, if you see those Dark City tickets come up, get, get them. Get them. Before we get on to some more beery adventures, um, final thoughts on grain. The sweetness has tailed off for me. It got easier to drink. But it's still, for me, it's not the same beer as the, the cast beer I had a couple of months ago. No, no I, think, I think the cast version of it's better. Yeah. Which is strange because, you know, you, you very rarely see a cask IPA. No, and very rarely do you say a cask version is better. That's true. As well. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I think on cask, it just feels that bit better balanced. Well, we've gone from one thing that the listeners aren't used to hearing me say, which is I, I prefer the cask version of that. Which is shocking in itself. To, and now we're going to have a Saison. Yeah, a grapefruit and green tea Saison. 7.1% is so quite strong for a Saison. I've got to say, half of that description troubles me. Well, which bit didn't? <laughs> to be honest um, so, this is, so this is from um, Amazand uh, it's called the, it's their farmhand so appropriately named and again unfined unfiltered bottle conditioned let's see what this one's like cheers funky on the nose true but it's not unpleasant funky on the nose it's not the grapefruits there and I, I don't know what green tea smells like, but I'm assuming there's a there's an aroma in there that would lend itself to the smell of green tea. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of green tea. I love I love a mug of tea, but green tea doesn't kick for me at all. Actually, think that's quite nice. Actually, it is. Mm. That's that that's not offensive in any way. Do you know what? You know the original funky doesn't really come through on the flavour, does it? It doesn't. It's, it softens right out yeah. on, on that flavour, and what you get. Is, is is a beer that's akin to the ones that we tried last week, the the, the classic saisons. Yeah, and that's that's right there. Doesn't taste like the seven point one. That's actually quite a dangerous. You, you could ruin yourself on that. Yeah, that's that's a really good beer. That yeah. it's really good. That initial. Yeah, loving that. Right, let's finish this round up, mate. Because oh. I'm sure I'm sure people are fed up talking about the amazing beers that we've drunk yeah. over the last few weeks. <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, I went to Amsterdam the weekend just gone. Got back yesterday. Uh, this is the annual boys' trip. I say boys, we're all in our forties. You did Dublin last year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Dublin and last prior year. Prior to that, you spent many years at Butlins. Spent many years at Butlins drinking beer out of plastic glasses. 
So we decided to branch out. And this year it was Amsterdam. And um, I've been to Amsterdam quite a few times. I, I, you know, I worked for a Dutch company. I've been to Amsterdam before I worked there. Um, I, like, I like Amsterdam quite a lot. Um, apart from not trying to get knocked over by bicycles and trams all the time, it's lovely. Um, so yeah, we sit, we did our usual. We're having a catch up. We go to, we do a bit of mix bars that everyone likes. But also, I do throw in a few. Let's see if we can find a few little small places and things like that. And we did, and we went to this place, which I'm not even going to try and pronounce. So don't even ask me. And is, uh, is, this, is this the place that you got the special badge for? Yes. But you said, I, you said, what's that? Yeah, you've been to the what now? <laughs> and they had Jaipuram cask. No way. <laughs> yes. So I went all the way to Amsterdam to drink Jaipuram. <laughs> <laughs> You're a legend. <laughs> and I saw it there. And Carl said, have you seen it? I said, yep. What are we having? I said, well, Jaipur. I don't actually get to have it on cask very often. They told me when they had it on gravity. They just had... The cask was on the bar. Oh, okay. So, so actually, gravity bore giant bar. Yes. And, and how was it? It was. It was on cracking form actually. So I was a little. I thought, okay, I'm. I'm still going to go for it. And I thought, oh, but it's not through a hand pump. So it's just purely on gravity. Sparkler. Or sparkler or creamer. Which is how giant bar should be said. Stop. Um, so, but no, it was on cracking form. So much so that one bloke said, "Oh, that's lovely." In our group. I'll have another one of those and went to sleep in the corner. But that wasn't just Before that. or after his second one? Uh, or during? <laughs> maybe during the second one, but that may not have been just due to the, to the beer. But <laughs> that's a different statement. And again, full disclosure, I did not partake in any other substances other than beer. I don't need anything else because I followed that up with the... Uh, Creek 100% Lambic BO from Cantillon, which they had on tap as well. I've never had Cantillon on tap. Okay, so... I don't think I have something even... I oh know, I might have had the original, one of the original versions, but I've noticed that even at the, uh, at the Cantillon Brewery, it's always out of the bottle. So they had it on tap, and I spoke to one of the guys there, he said, well, whenever we get a chance to buy Cantillon, we just get it. Straight away, we'll just buy it. No, 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 no words about it. And then I followed that with a Garage Beer Co. No Country Imperial Double Stout at 10%, which was bloody deli- delicious, and that's from Barcelona. Sounds like a perfect trio of beers, almost. Yep. And then I had pints of Heineken. Well done. <laughs> well done, I'm completely ruining that experience. And but what I will add, and uh, I had a very, very brief Twitter conversation about that today, is that the, um, the Heineken we had and the bar we had at the Grasshopper was banging. It was tasting nice. It was served at almost like the perfect temperature, not that too cold. So we still had, a, still had some work going on, some stuff going on. The three pints actually went down really well. It was really nice stuff. Um, did the Heineken experience. So I've been to Amsterdam many times, never done the Heineken experience. Um, was it good? It is good. You know, we, we did the Guinness one earlier yeah. this year. There's not much about the beer. A bit like Guinness, there wasn't much about Guinness, was there? That's more about the brand, isn't it? Heineken the same. Yeah. So I'm not sure who came up with their way of doing it first of all, but it's very similar. The building, again, was beautiful. 
lovely to go through some of the old, uh, you know, the copper tons, things like that, the malt, the malt kilns, also the stables, things like that. That was all really nice. You got three pours of Heineken during the tour, one halfway through, two at the end, and they had a wild, used the word wild a little bit in inverted commas, a wild yeast version of Heineken called H41, which had a bit of a funky nose going on. Um, not many people seem to be going for that. I did. New beer, new tick, new venue. What could I do? <laughs> I had to have it. It's, it's ticking all the boxes, Exactly. Yeah. Um, took a picture. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get as many badges as possible. I mean, it was nice. It was, you know, it was quite nice for me because it was something a little bit different to just having the Heineken. But yeah, it was good. It is basically, as I read later on, it's a two-hour advert. It is about the brand. But that's what Guinness was. Yeah. It's completely about the brand. Yeah. But it was a good experience. It was 16 euros for the experience, or you could upgrade it to a, a, another sort of 25 euros and have a canal tour and go up the, um, the, the Amsterdam Tower, which was like 10, 12 floors up near, near the central station, lovely views over the city. So, yeah, 25 euros we did that as well. And, we had some, and they had Lanconitas up there. I did suspect we'd have Lanconitas available to us in various places as Heineken have a, a large yeah. share in it. Yeah. So I thought, well, okay, I can give up Heineken now and again because I'm going to get something else. And I think Heineken have a craft beer brand uh, called Brand. How was the Lanconitas tasting? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I'm not... The one I had at the tower was not as nice as the one I had in the bowling alley in Phoenix. It felt a bit more, a bit sweeter. Brewed in Europe or? Don't know, couldn't find that much detail out from where we were. But yeah, it did taste that little bit sweeter. Not quite as, as sharp as the Lagunitas as I had. Mm. But yeah, again, I think everyone has an impression of Amsterdam and what it is. It's the trams, it's the canals, it's the red light districts, it's the coffee shops. There are plenty of other places to go to in Amsterdam and if you're, you can find those little bars those really small places like you can in Brussels and Bruges. And one place I did find was through Untapped. And I actually said to the guy, look, found it purely on Untapped. And he goes, thanks for letting me know because we do pay quite a lot for that. So it's quite nice to know it works. I said, definitely works. Let's talk about the beer. Well, that's, that's interesting because just, just jumping back to um, the Motion Tap, they've only been open a, a matter of weeks and they launched as a verified venue on Untapped. So, so clearly they've done their research they've into, into, it, into what that can bring them in, in terms of trade and everything that it offers them as part of what they're paying for there. I think it's a good idea. Like I said, it works really well for finding things. So I brought my Amsterdam and 80 Beers book, but that's a bit cumbersome. And also with the app, with the Untapped app, shows you where it is, links you to Google Maps. Google Maps tells you it's two minutes, takes you around a 10 minute journey, but you still get there eventually. You just get a nice little bit of a walk as well. Um, and, and brilliantly, have you noticed with Untapped now? Now, 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 now Twitter's gone up to 280 characters. You still only get into typing up to 140 yeah. on Untapped, but when it pushes to Twitter, it now has everything. The, everything, so it, it takes yeah, in the location. And it's, so it's actually, I, I want Untapped to stay at 140, because what that other 140 gives me is all of that other detail that I want to appear because and check when in. You, because I always used to get annoyed when you used to then click on the link, it says then you have to sign in. But I'm signed in because I'm on the app. Yeah. But because it was going through Twitter, it was like going through the website. 
So that's a pain in the ass. But yeah, I noticed that. It says everything. It's brilliant. So that's uh, an advantage of 280 characters. Absolutely. So yeah, that, 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 again, did have some other beers in Amsterdam, but that, just, that was a couple of highlights from just one particular place, um, which was just wonderful, easy to find. It sounds like you had a great weekend. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Nice mix. Catch and up again, with friends. For the second time in as many weeks or months, I've had to mute you for, for a few days because <laughs> I, I was just getting a little bit beer envious. So we've had quite the time why we've not been recording. Well, we've not we? been recording. See, this is what happens when we don't record. Uh, yeah, yeah, we should record more often <laughs> so, so people don't have to listen to us regaling the beers that we've been drinking. Um, how are you finding the, uh, the, the, the farmhand? Loving it. I, I am. I've, I've almost drained this. The, the bit about the green tea I think I'm getting from it is the, um, is the dryness. Because on the odd occasion I do have green tea, I find it very dry. For me, I really enjoyed that dryness at, at the end because it kind of almost harks back to the IPA dryness that I enjoy. Yeah. But it had more, again, of that classic Saison quality about it than, than the funkiness. Exactly. It was lacking that farmhouse feel, funkiness yeah. to it. And I wonder if that's the grapefruit that's come through and done that to the dryness. Because grapefruit can be very dry as well on its flavour. Mm. Well, the grapefruit probably did was added that little bit of fruit as well to take off the edge of the of that yeah. the green tea bit of the dryness wonderful combination to, to come up with I don't know if I've ever seen that no and it works so well yeah as, as well works really well so as promised opinions 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 we've got three of these this week to get through three what three poles mate the, oh, the, oh, sorry, we've still got polls today. Yes, yeah, we've still got polls. Okay, we're, sorry. We're, we're going to be very quick with these um, because we've got some, some bitter and lingerness that we absolutely yeah. have to cover this week. So uh, a few weeks back, um, first one we asked was about collaborations. Um, so we asked whether they were the best thing ever or whether enough now. After um, listening to us talk for the last hour and a half, no. <laughs> probably not, yeah. Um, 251 votes, 59% of people voting in favour of enough now. Uh, a few of the comments that we had, um, so from Jamie Day at Not Just a Beer JD, and also from Danny Rogers at Roger Dan Twenty Six, um, speaking about the Rainbow Project, uh, saying that they really struggled to get excited about collabs. Rainbow Project has gone from being the best thing ever to I simply don't care in a year, due to there being so many collaborations out there. That followed that that saw a follow up question from Miles Lambert, who said. Has the plethora of collabs reduced the appeal of the Rainbow Project? Yeah, that's what I would have said to the... So I read that comment from Jamie and I thought the same thing and Miles put it, put it in a tweet. Yeah, I mean, the Rainbow Project is still... You know, it's still quite an innovative way of getting collaborations to happen. Absolutely. You yeah. know, every year, different theme, different way, quite way of different pairing up and that kind of stuff. Um, has the plethora of collabs, yeah, I mean... And yeah, probably the Rainbow Project has probably sort of just, you know, got swamped by it all, to be honest. I think so, but I think it's it's easy to forget what's happened as a result of the Rainbow Project, which links nicely to what yep. Pete said at Hops and Hoots. He said he couldn't vote on this poll. He doesn't think they're the best thing ever, but he doesn't want to see them come to an end. Without collabs, we wouldn't have Yellow Belly. Now, Yellow Belly was originally a Rainbow Project beer and has since become, well, I say it's since become an annual release, although it's not come out this year yet. 
I, I've certainly not seen a 2017 no so release of, of, of Yellow Belly. Um, and then also the other one that, that was mentioned was um, from our, our favourite Drink Drunk John at Drink Drunk Blog, um, who also mentioned what you just said there. Also, collabs between modern and more traditional breweries might lead to an interesting results, i.e. the upcoming Fuller's Cloudwater Collab and that Fuller's and Friends box, which we're hoping to feature on, on a show in a few weeks' time. So that's poll number one, which poll was collaborations. Um, what beer have we got now? We've got we another Ampersand Ampersand, beer. so the last one from Ampersand, uh, Co-Cow, uh, chocolate milk stout, 5.1%. And again, same as the others, I'm fine, unfiltered, bottle conditioned beer. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, does exactly what it says on the label. It's a yeah. milk stout. I'd maybe... It's a little bitter at the end. I'd maybe prefer a little bit of sweet, a little bit more sweetness in there for a milk stout. True, maybe a little bit more lactose. But we'll see how that develops yeah. now, it's, now it's in the glass. Um, Quickly, your vote, your answer to that poll. Collapse. Um, I, 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 I still get ex- a little bit excited when I see two brewers uh, announce. I think it very much depends on the brewers that have announced they're going to collapse. Yeah. Um, I don't simply want it to be a vanity project or an internet internet collab. No, you want people to meet up. Yeah, I want them to both actually be in the room while the beer is being brewed. No, I get that. And for, I, it to I be think, a um, for me, I almost need, I did almost need that third option on this one. Uh, a bit like Pete said from Hops and Hoops, can't vote. Are they the best thing? Probably not. Are they the worst thing? Definitely not. But but where's the middle ground? But some of the beers which have come out of it at times, and Yellow Belly is probably one of the perfect examples of that, is can be fantastic. And also, you know, I get excited when I see the traditional brewers doing stuff. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But I wouldn't want them to stop. I don't want them to stop, no. But I want it's, them to be done for the right reasons. Yes. I, I think is, is, is where I sit yeah. on that one. So it's a poll two. Uh, <laughs> was pumpkin beers because dropped drop this the, the weekend before Halloween. Felt felt like the appropriate time. Uh, we've got hell yes or get in the sea. Three hundred and sixty one votes. Seventy two percent in favour of get in the sea. I think that definitively puts to bed pumpkin beers. Apart from who are those twenty eight percent. And, and then the most recent one, um, this was this week's poll, uh, which was about awards. If a brewery or beer has won awards, are you more likely to buy their beers? So a, a big, well, considering, bearing in mind the last two polls, we had 412 people vote this week. Um, 75% of people voting for awards don't matter. So, and I just want to pick up um, just just a couple of comments on this one because there were some some really good ones. There were some longer than two hundred and eighty character comments. Th- there were there. Some people put a few tweets together on this one. So Simon Clark at Simon Carbon. It's all a matter of taste. Beer isn't a competition, just like music and art aren't, which is interesting. To and not easy to say. Art aren't. Yeah, especially after this many beers to expand it to to, to a wider genre there. Um, and then we had John Rogers at JM Rogers 2000. Far too many different sources for awards. Social media reviews given by people you trust are much more important. Even more influential are blogs based around experiences visiting, brewing, or drinking beers. 
personally meeting and chatting with a brewer a key influence. So it's an interesting yeah. comments there that it's Which to be fair, when I read that because that's you know, when I when I'm still writing my blogs, which I tend to do off season now, um, that's more what I do is about the experiences rather than purely you know, about, about the beers and what they may or may not have won. So, yeah, I can I can definitely relate to that one. And, and then there were two comments which I think, and I, I put this out as a tweet as well, I think these two work in a real counterpoint to, to, to one another. So, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, and this is a couple of tweets put together of which Miles used the 280 characters to their maximum. Interesting. As a consumer, I'm not really sure which awards have any value. It often feels like there are a few different awards and I've never really been sure which ones were really worthwhile. The clearest award I know of is Camera Beer of the Year, as I can see the premise for, for, that, beer winning, for, for that beer winning came from. However, very rare that I'd agree with the result. And the one thing that ruins the credibility of some industries' awards is lame, transparent, psychophantic, inner circle, backpatting. If the public don't see the validity of the winners in most cases, the awards lose their consumers' respect. So that was quite the comment from Miles, which got a lot of love on Twitter. Yes. About that particular um, comment. I think uh, also, when it, well, break it down in two bits, obviously, he's right. I think the clearest award is probably the camera beer of the year. He's also probably right that really agree with the result I think we've all said that at times yeah really really agree with the result um you want to say more about Miles comment um and we're obviously I'm opening it up here what was your final thoughts about the uh, the last one from Amazon the Calco just incredibly drinkable it was the, the rate at which we drank that it, it just um it softened yeah in, but in do you think glass. that the lack of the sweetness at the end which you mentioned earlier helped the drinkability I think so yeah um, I mean I'm not I've got to say I'm not a massive fan of all these milkshake beers that, that there are now because I, I I want a beer to taste like a beer not like a milkshake mm-hmm. um, I want a milkshake I go and buy one exactly so I, I think in terms of it being a, a, a milk a chocolate milk stout I think there were chocolate characteristics I don't think it had enough sweetness to really pull off that style, um, but I think the sweetness worked in balance with the bitterness that was in there. Yeah, so maybe more the descriptor led yeah. you down a different path, but the beer was nice. Absolutely. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so going back to, to Miles' comment, um, obviously, you know, the camera beer, yes, think of that. That, that, that. There's very clear criteria how it ends up being awarded that Champion Beer Britain award. And yeah, I, I get lost with all those different beer awards. And we, 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 you know, to be fair, we, we, we try to keep up with it and I get lost with it. What? But you see so many 500ml bottle beers proudly displaying their medals in the yes. supermarkets, don't you? It means nothing to and me. It means, abs- it, it, is that going to make, I, I don't know, maybe it makes some people buy the beer. And- it's like the... Uh, is it the World Beer Awards? And there's like hundreds of categories. Yeah, the categories in that are ridiculous. And they're quite finite categories you know they, they really narrow it down don't they it's like it's like end of year awards at schools these days someone someone ends up with a prize everyone ends up with a prize I, I think I once printed that off and it came out on 19 pages that printed out well that's just ridiculous isn't it and yeah try, trying to sort through that and, and work out which are the ones that you want to talk about is, is just 
that's when, when you've got 19 pages of award winners you've got to question the awards there's too many categories yeah I know that beer has grown and our definitions of beer styles has grown but if you're going to keep the interest of anyone other than um, we're pretty geeky and if you're not keeping our interest yeah I mean come on yeah last last beer what have we got last beer so we've got this is grain slate so this is a um, black beer uh, that's again been lagered so um, cheers cheers so it's got a nice nose it's a little while you're starting that one shall I read the last one yeah go on so the counterpoint to Miles' comment uh, this is from Charles Davy at Chuck Davy. Always fascinated by the number of writers, critics, bloggers who say beer award don't, don't matter, but then trade that off with importance in their own nominations for writing as a sign of quality in their work. Awards matter, and brewers, breweries should celebrate their successes. Awards either matter or they don't. Any critic taking a personal award but not respecting beer awards. Is kind of an insult to everyone in the chain from ingredients to end customer distribution. I just think that works so well with yeah. what Miles said. I just, I, I, there's almost no more I can say at that point because I think, I think what, what Charles said there absolutely sums it up. I mean, he's right. I mean, you can't, you can't have it both ways. Um, I, I still, I, like I said, I, I just struggle to work out what all the awards mean. So, so that's um, a quick summary. Let's say a quick quick summary <laughs> of, of of what's happened while we've been gone. Um, we've also had quite a lot of uh, listener feedback over the past few weeks as well. Before we do that, thoughts on the on the on the slate that we've just poured. Initially, I think it's really well balanced. I'm loving it. I, I think at the point where we've chosen to drink it at the evening, perfect. at the end, is 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 perfect. So this is described as a smoked black, silky, lagered beer, 6%. At the moment, all I'm just getting is just everything's all in balance. I'm, I'm getting the silky. Yeah. Hints of smoke. But Very subtle hints. Yeah. But you know it's there. I'm getting a little bit of saltiness from it as, as, as oh, well, yeah. which is just working really well for me. Um that's that's a really good beer, mm. and I, again, I've had this one before. Um, now I had this on a, in back in April, and I had it in the, in the Owl House in Chelmsford, which I'm, I'm guessing means I had it on cask. Only gave it three out of five on untapped, but I, m- my comment was, it's a perfect porter, dry and roasted. I, I can't believe that I would have given something that was perfect only three. Yeah, the, the, the comment and the score. My, my checking match. doesn't make sense. No. Though. No, but maybe it wasn't the first beer of the evening. From what I'm tasting here, it's what what is undoubtable is it's a really good beer. Yeah, that smokiness is and definitely it's there. It's working in the can as well, but it's not overpowering. Yeah, at all. Yeah. So come on in. Right. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. First of all, music. Um, so from at World Beer Review. Um, every Monday morning I listen to Beer O'Clock Show every time I get the let us know vocal jingle stuck in my head for the rest of the day <laughs> job done job done tick uh, Roland Lou at Has Been New Boy uh, opinions is always interesting and a great listen but I think Beer O'Clock Show end of episode music choice is now my most anticipated part I'm still not happy about that are you not no he's not 
The best bit is the end. Oh, I, th- I thought it was because you didn't have any say in the music that I was choosing. Well, there is that as well. I never get asked about the music, of course, well, do I? When you start editing, you can choose the music <laughs> at the end of the show. That's a bit like Designated Driver. There you go. <laughs> Um, next next subject here in other podcasts so um, we got a shout out from Men Behaving Badly at MBB Podcast if you've not given them a listen yet I, I really like what the guys are doing up there they're um, basically doing the beer journey for, for, for people so that they're going through beers that they can get locally in the supermarket they're trying to bring other people in on their podcasts um, still getting feedback on the Sparklers show uh, as well which shows the longevity and the excellence of that show that we put together i i, I think and now i just want to add there that um a friend of mine mark who's um, who i used to work with he's up in sheffield he's up there with his brother and um a bro- his brother's apparently a really new listener and he's boring my friend mark because he spotted the bit on the show notes saying sparklers creamers and nothing and apparently he's been talking about it for ages brilliant it seems it seems to have done its job. Yeah, people people have really got quite engaged with that. Yeah, so um, again, Roland Glue has been new boy. Nearly finished opinions on sparklers. Essential listening on beer dispense. Thanks to everyone involved. And Dan Young at DWY six six one three. Just listened to my first opinions podcast by Beer Clock Show. Very interesting and informative talk from Andy at Victoria in Colchester. And so, us. And 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 us. us. And and us. Presumably this was pre two eighty characters. Clearly. Clearly. Um, and then Roland, who's had a lot of comments tonight, uh, clearly catching up on old shows, yeah. um, then then gave some feedback around the branding. I presume, St- I presume Steve must be away. Clearly. <laughs> um, opinions, just finished branding. Interesting to hear your thoughts on Drygate's new look. Absolutely not, nothing like Beavertown cans. Also, disagree, Reed Colonel. Stood out super well five years ago, but bottle shelves have changed a lot since then. Uh, we did have a quick. T- I did have a Twitter discussion with Roland about this. I think my point of view at the time was that it's it's now as well. Would would it stand out now to non beer people? But no, it wouldn't. And then we had this discussion. Yeah. It, it wouldn't. So that was my. But once you've tried it once, you would always look for that label in a bottle shop. Yes, as long as with, you try. Without it. a doubt. As long as you try it. Yeah. Because that's what we did. And that's, that's where it takes somebody to advocate that beer to you. Yes. To say, you must try this beer. You need a pers- personal recommendation from someone. Yeah. Um, and then we've got, we've got two questions from loyal listener Paul at UNRCD this week. One of these I know you've already answered on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so the first one is, what do you think is the best looking favourite beer can at the moment? But that wasn't the one I asked though, was it? No. No, that's what I was thinking. Shit, I'm going to miss something. Um... I can't say my favourite beer can, but Magic Rock still always sticks out for me. I am going to go for, I'm not, well, maybe surprisingly, not Magic Rock. Because normally I would go for Magic Rock, because I, I do think their branding is very distinctive. I'm going to go for Northern Monk patrons beers, because I, I, I still don't think there's anything as unique as that wraparound label that they've got on those beers. You don't, I, see, you don't see them often enough, though. Then they're not around often enough on shelves for you to spot them. I agree. I've, I've got. I've got to agree. So if it's if it's going with something mainstream, I'd probably have to go Magic Rock or Beaver Town because they're the two that stand out the most. And on the their shelf. branding is unique to them. And distinctive enough yeah. from, from one another. 
And, and then the second one, which is, this is the one that you've already answered. <laughs> um, go into the pub on your own. Do you go to the pub on your own? Does it matter what time of day or whether you know the pub? Okay, so that's three questions. Yes, no, no. Um, I'm the same. I'm yes, no, no. I'll, I'll, if, I'll go to the pub whenever. Yeah. Whenever I feel like it. And breathe. We're there. What do you think? Halfway through. Still loving this. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Probably the beer of the evening for me. I think so. I think we got the audit just Followed closely by the Saison. Yep, I'll go with that. And and then all the others after that. Um, Just again, want to say a massive thank you to Ampersand and to Grain for, for putting together this little care package for us to try on the show this evening. If you want to get involved in anything we've spoken about this evening, Use the hashtag opinions. We will find you. We're always keen to take your comments and views on things that, that, that we've said. Um, and also, um, just because I've heard a lot of other podcasts do it recently, make sure you get out there and rate us on, on, on your preferred um, <laughs> listening. And we never actually asked anyone to do that. N- no, not, not quite so publicly like this. Okay, rate. Appar- I, do it, I do it all the time. Apparently it matters. It, it pushes us up in, in, in the rankings and makes us even no, rate us then definitely rate us yeah when, yeah. when it's good or when it's bad all mm. feedback is no all feedback is good you can always work on any feedback only if it's get. quantitative yes you can't just absolutely. work on ratings absolutely so next week next week it's our 50th it's almost, show it's almost next week now it's our 50th show next week mate what me and you together yeah really yeah opinions proper if, if you take out the pilot show which doesn't count, take out the previously on, which doesn't count, and take out the films shows, it's, it's opinions 50. So what you mean is we've done about 60? We've done a few shows, <laughs> yeah, but... 50 shows, bloody hell. In, in terms of actual numbered shows, next week is number 50. Ooh. So, so what are we doing? Should we do something special? I think we should. Have you, Steve, have you got a plan? Of course I've got a plan. What is it? It's uh, a little bit copied from something that somebody else has already <laughs> done. But I liked the idea so much that I thought that we should do it. Go on so um, the, the, the beer channel who haven't been shouted out enough this season. No, in fact, barely heard of them. Absolutely. They, they, uh, they, one of their videos is they do um, a three-way tasting of um, impy stouts that have been aged in um, a Scottish whiskey barrel an Irish whiskey barrel and a bourbon whiskey barrel. Mm. So we're going to recreate that experiment, do our own version of it next week. So we've got um, a beer from Scotland that's, yep. that's been aged in a, in a Scottish barrel. We've got a beer from Ireland that's been aged in an Irish barrel. And we've got a beer from the States that's been aged in a bourbon barrel. And that's how we're going to celebrate our 50th birthday. That's not a bad way to celebrate, to be I honest. I think that's a good way to go out, isn't we it? We can do that. Yeah. So looking forward to that next week. Yeah. Let's um let's finish off this beer. I, I think we're not going to finish it on this show, but no, I, I've re- this has been the beer of the evening for Definitely. me. Definitely, this, this, this is lovely. Space, it's absolutely perfect. Um, thanks everyone for sticking with us. Hope you've enjoyed our look back over the last few weeks, <laughs> and we'll be back drinking some ridiculous beers next week <laughs> again. Again, cheers. Looking